Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. And I suggest you shut up and show more football. Come on, come on. Figure, figure. We've done that thing. Can we not knock it? I am flabbergasted. I wouldn't even let him on the bus after the match. I get a taxi back to Manchester. <laughs> Again, don't, please don't call me arrogant because what I, I'm saying is true. I'm a, I think I'm a special one. When the seagulls follow the troll, it's because they think sardines will be thrown into the sea. Thank you. Understand what I'm trying to get at. Yes, he was a great player. Yes, he was a wonderful leader. But he wasn't a magician. Take a bow, son. I mean that. Take a bow. I'm Richard Keyes. And I am Andrew Gray. At a distance, again, as we go through the recovery mm. process after knee replacement surgery, and that's probably the best place to start again. Andy, how are you? Yeah, good. Easy, actually. I, 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 as you know, I wasn't looking forward to this at all, mm. having had some horror, heard some horror stories about uh, pain and discomfort. But I've been remarkably pain-free, um, probably testimony to my surgeon rather than anything I've done. Um, but good, I see him next Wednesday, and hopefully we'll get the all clear to travel back to Qatar and hopefully be back in the, in the country before they are, before or at the end of the month. Well, we very much look forward to that, my friend. Uh, forgive me for mm. getting a little poetic, but um, dependent upon where you are listening on the planet, uh, spring is making itself known. As I sit here, <laughs> looking out of my dining room window, the sun is setting. It's the most beautiful evening. Temperatures around about 20 degrees, Andy. The, 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 the ocean is full of jet skis. And, and the Qatari weekend has indeed started, this being... Thursday night and I think there's a little bit of hope beginning to creep in that the summer around the globe might start to see better times I I, I don't think you'll be springing anywhere anytime soon but um, hopefully hopefully back with us <laughs> oh yeah but, mate surprise you son I may surprise this you this is the Keys and Gray podcast with myself Richard Keys, and of course Andy Gray and thank you very much for your reaction to last week's podcast when we spent time with Jeff Powell a sports writer at the Daily Mail. So much knowledge, Andy, over so many decades. I actually could have ended up yeah. talking to him all day and, and we were lucky to have some yeah. of his time last week. And if you haven't heard it, go back and have a listen, particularly his memories and recollections on the great Bobby Moore. Um, anyway, welcome all, yeah. particularly new listeners. Don't forget to subscribe and share on whatever platform you get your pods on. Every week we welcome listeners from a particular place in the world. 
Um, just going straight to it this week, Andy, no quiz. We have many listeners in this yeah. particular oh, part of the world. Guys, right? Great supporters of the podcast. So hello and welcome to all of our listeners in Ireland, where I hope you've enjoyed a half-decent St. Patrick's Day from Letterkenny in Donegal to Wicklow Town to Killarney in Kerry to Skibbereen in Cork. <laughs> uh, welcome and thank you. And I have to say a very special uh, hello to all of those enjoying the view at the Gap of Dunlow this week. That's, okay. That's well, the... just while you're on St. Patrick's Day, yes. um, because as you probably forgot, because it's not something you pay too much of an interest in, but you did happen to share a few days there with me many years ago. Uh, oh, yes. we, all, we both did, and you thoroughly enjoyed it. Cheltenham Festival, of course, is taking place this week. Yes. And yesterday was St. Patrick's Day, and the Irish had a fantastic day. Mm. Um, winner after winner after winner. So... Um, very strange to to watch this uh, through and see an empty uh, Cheltenham. When you and I were there, there were 60,000 people there every day. Mm. But it was strange, but they got it off, and um, the Irish had a very, very good day at Cheltenham yesterday. Don't get me going, but I, I should add that if, if Boris, you'd done the right thing 12 months ago, we probably wouldn't be in the mess that we currently are. Uh, that 60,000 that were there 12 <laughs> months ago certainly played its part in passing COVID around the UK mm. of that there is no doubt. Anyway, you can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Keys and Grey Pod. Keys and spell it out uh, K E Y S and A N D Grey G R A Y. Keys and Grey Pod. A couple of things before we join our guest this week, Andy, who once again um, will will be uh, uh, joining us from the United States. I, I'm still struggling to get my head around this. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Trophies yep. are for the ego. Your thoughts on that would be what? Okay. Um, I I I wanted to play football uh, from as young as I can remember um, because I and I've not got a huge ego at all to win trophies. Any any sportsman, any sportsman who plays his sport wants to win. Otherwise, there is no point in playing your sport, in my opinion. Now I know. Purists might disagree that uh, it's not the winning, it's the taking part. Well, I actually Nonsense. think medical that the wrong way around. Nonsense. It's not the taking part, it's the winning. Certainly that's what's mattered to me. Um, I don't get that at all. Whether he's whether he's covering up for himself, I don't know. Whether he's given buying himself more time, that if his team don't win something, he can turn around and say, Well, we're not we haven't won anything, but we're we are moving forward and we're building something. Uh, holistically, I guess is the modern word, and we're improving all the time. No, 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 no. I think when you see, when Mourinho went there, Kizzi, and, and, and won the uh, Carabao Cup, won the Europa League and got into the Champions League, and they said, well, that was just a false start. No, that was only a false start because he, he didn't get time to complete his job there. Mm. But success breeds success. If you don't win anything, look at Tottenham. There's a classic example. Do Manchester United fans want to become Tottenham. There you go. Do you want to become Tottenham? No. They're under Pochettino. Fantastic to watch. No. Great entertainers. Loved watching them. Didn't win diddly squat. You want that? Well, it was obviously a swipe at both Van Gaal and Mourinho because he's saying mm -hmm. that they yeah. both left him with the big rebuild, which I don't necessarily think is true. Uh, yes, Manchester United are second, probably will finish second, and he deserves great credit for that being the mm -hmm. case. But mm -hmm. let's not forget that in two years, Mourinho also finished second, describing that to you yes. and I on B in Sports as one of the greatest achievements yeah. 
of his career. And the reason for that was, yeah, bearing in mind, he said, what was going on behind the scenes and because that group mm -hmm. simply weren't good enough. But not only did he finish second, Andy, he also, as you rightly say, won two trophies. Now, that, uh, for yeah. me, Ollie, is what you should be aiming at. And trophies, by the way, are not just for those who are lucky enough to have taken part, as you did, Andy, in, in, in the winning of numerous. They're for fans. Mm. And that is yes. what I think Ollie there has forgotten. And I was really, as you can tell, quite oh. angry when I read that because I thought mm. it was churlish. I thought it was the, totally unnecessary and very much the wrong thing to say. And I hope he's reflected upon it and 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 thinks differently going forward. I really do. Well, I think I think you'll have to. I mean, the Manchester United fans reading that and thinking, well, "What does that mean that if, if all he stays and he keeps thinking we're improving, and he finishes second next year and has a couple of semi-finals and maybe a final, but another four years down the line we haven't won anything? No. Is he going to turn around and say, "Well, don't worry about it, because we're still improving and we're still getting there and we're doing things the right way"? No, 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 no. Win. Win trophies, well, as football, Ars as Arsene sport. Wenger found out, Andy, when Sports he kept winning. Yes, Arsene kept delivering fourth place, and Arsenal fans weren't happy Correct. because they wanted trophies. Uh, Jamie Carragher, uh, wrong, by the way, in my view, Mohamed Salah will not be staying Liverpool for the next few years. Uh, uh, Carragher's argument is he's missed the boat for the big money. Um, my belief is that he will leave Liverpool at the end of this season, and he will be wow. okay. Juan Laporta's. A benchmark signing. Um, I, I, Do you think I, they've got the money? Do you think they've got the wherewithal to get them? Yes, because I don't think either Spanish pandemic. team, Andy, will either be yeah. allowed to get themselves into a situation where they can't trade. Uh, the government yeah. knows that 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 so many so many people look at Spain and think Real Madrid and, and Barcelona immediately. Uh, they are flag carriers. Mm -hmm. uh, it's important that they have success, and I cannot imagine anybody in that country allowing a continued demise and, and both have been in demise recently. Um, that, in that, decline. That, yeah. In decline that, as much as yeah, demise. Yeah. That, that's, that's not, uh, that's not what either wants. Uh, and of course this week we, we have to mention because we've talked about it so much, the accident, as Martin Samuel says here in the mail, the accident that everyone yeah, could yeah. see coming except, yeah. except yeah. the lawmakers. How lucky yeah. were we that we got away with it? But it is something that we have been talking about. And best wishes to Rui Patricio, who in the end wasn't Absolutely. as badly injured as we thought, but could very well have been. Just put the flag up. <laughs> it's not going to change, though, is it? It's not going to change. I'm not sure, Andy, that... that it isn't. I, I think there's been a lot of conversations going on this week behind the scenes. It, it, if that had led to the sort of outcome that Peter Cech had to confront, I, th yeah, I think it would have yeah, changed now. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. it's nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Really is. Yeah. I mean, the thing that staggers me about this whole thing, the VAR thing, is that so many years down the line, um, having been promised utopia, and and everything being rosy in the garden and everything being perfect, we are continually tweaking, changing, altering, uh, going back to uh, trying something else. And uh, I, I, it's, it's, it's like unbelievable. This is something that they said was ready and patently is obvious that it wasn't. No one's thought everything through and they keep tinkering with it, hoping that they'll fall lucky and everyone will be happy. But I actually think that the one good thing about this is that I don't think there's many people left out there that, are, that can hold a hand on their heart and mm. say, do you know what? 
this has been a brilliant addition to professional football well, well, because well, quite simply it has. No, where I would slightly disagree with you is I think it is ready. I think what they've delivered us is, is what they felt was going to lead to, uh, a, a, as you say, uh, utopia. But mm. but it can't because they're looking for perfection in an imperfect sport. It's not Correct. ever going to be like that, and they can't deliver it. And the sooner they realise, the better. But I'm absolutely certain it'll be heads down, plough on. Just a quick word about Barnsley. Um, I, I, it, what's been going on there, I think, is extraordinary. Valerian Ishmael, uh, who's taken his team to fifth now, on the back of, I think, seven, eight wins. Fantastic Unbelievable. football, Andy. Um, Unbelievable. But of course... Of course, he's because their football is described in some quarters as uh, vertical, um, in others by Wayne Rooney yeah. as the most direct team he's ever seen by Tony Mowbray, who, who I like a lot, managed at Coventry. But 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 Barnsley don't play football the way that Tony likes to see his football played. So what? It is having so what? the most dramatic effect on his team. And I wish them all the very, very best. And I hope deeply that they come up playing that way because that really will stir things up in the Premier League. And I would love to see that. I really, really would love to see that. Pete, you ask Barnsley fans. Here you go, guys and gals. You watch the team all these years. Uh, are you enjoying what you're seeing? Oh, too bloody right. Well, this is the best it's ever been. Correct. Yeah. Uh, we, we keep saying it. All these purists who tell us there's only one way to play football, get off, leave us alone. The beauty of football is there isn't the right way, there isn't the wrong way. There are various ways and we should embrace them all. And, and horses for courses. Barnsley are not going to be Manchester City. No. Of course they're bloody not. No. You know, they are what they are. So be what you are. And uh, Honestly, if the coach has got that like that and he's in that, this amazing one, it's sensational. Enjoy it. Embrace it. Yeah. Might not last. Enjoy the damn thing while you can. We need more f- respect for our work, says the coach. Why do teams not enjoy playing against us? Because we give everything from the first minute to the last. We respect the opponent, yeah. but we are fearless and we're always focused on ourselves. Good luck to him. Love it. Tough to tyke Good is the luck. headline. Yeah. Ishmael Absolutely. hits out at critics, slamming direct Barnsley style. As you said, get off. Right. Um, here's someone that would know plenty about that, in fairness, because he was amongst a side, Andy, that created... <laughs> Created oh, yes. style <laughs> <laughs> wallop. Back to I was going to say it probably invented it, but I don't think they invented well, it. They just no, made it an art form. Of, I, I, I think would say. probably John Beck and 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 Dion Dublin and those at Cambridge maybe invented it or made yeah, it. Yeah. Brought, brought it to our attention. Um, but in, in fairness, you know, and I'm, I think he'll tell us that there were good players in that side as well, and maybe the way they played their football didn't necessarily allow them to get the respect they deserved until they left clubs and moved on. And and, and our right. guest today is one of those, alive all the way from America once again. Lucky, lucky oh boy. If you follow him on Instagram, you can see his lifestyle is almost as enjoyable as ours, Andy. He went yes, then from yes, being almost. a gangster to an entertainer. And his name is Warren Barton. Waza, how are you doing, my friend? <laughs> I'm very well, gentlemen. I'm very well. I'm uh, looking forward to this. I'm slightly nervous, but looking forward to what? it. What? How could you be nervous? What we, are you nervous we're for? former work what? colleagues. What are you um, talking about? Nervous? Two celebrities. Two celebrities. But no, always, <laughs> always good to talk to you, gentlemen. Always good to talk to you. <laughs> I still have so many fond memories, Warren, of our time together in 2010, covering a World Cup for Fox Sports <laughs> yes. without any access to the World Cup. 
<laughs> that was brilliant, wasn't it? No pictures. No, no pictures, no video, no sound, but we made it work. We made it work. We made I it remember, work. Warren, remember we used to, we lived our life on pictures from Getty. That was, that was, that was all we had. I think we Which probably... We superimpose and move it around just you, to, to make it look like it was reality. I think we invented podcasts, you know, because we were doing what, is being done more regularly now before anyone else. Welcome, welcome to our World Cup coverage from South Africa. Now, here's a few training pictures. And, uh, Warren, you've been looking around. <laughs> can, you, can you break it down, Andy? Here's a picture of a coach. Can you now tell us what system they're going to play? No. Uh, Warren, absolutely this. Remember, I remember for the first time in my life as well, remember when we were there and we were just rehearsing. Now, rehearsing. We don't really rehearse, but I can remember the guys there when they were working with us. They used to tell us about two hours before we went in there, right, you're going to get 30 seconds because let us hear what you're going to say. And I used to say, well, I don't know what I'm going to say. (laughs) Do you still do that? Oh, yes. And the rundowns. Remember the rundowns? I remember Richard. We were in the executive office and they walk in with the producers, directors, and they're all obviously excited because you guys have come over and it's a... It's obviously a big thing, and the, the rundown was put on the table. It was about as thick as an autobiography. And Richard went, "We we won't be doing that. We ripped that up. He threw it away. Put his feet on the table. Had a cup of tea, and said, well, we're going to go over there. We're going to go over there, and then we'll just let it roll.' And they was petrified because they rehearsed more than Spielberg. It, uh, it was it was an experience. Oh, I know. And I can remember. But it's still the same, Andy. Well. It's still the same. Oh, it's still the same. I can remember when we said when we were sitting in the studio and and, and Richard and I went, "Yeah, guys, uh, of course, uh, Geezy and I want open talk back." And the guy went, "You what?" We said, "Well, we 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 like open talk back." He said, "What? You want to hear what's been said in the gallery?" And we've gone, "Yeah." And Geezy's gone, "Well, yeah. If there's a problem, I need to know." <laughs> and they're going, oh, we've never done this before. <laughs> You're getting no, no. technical. It was a, it was a, le- the talk it was a learning curve for everybody. It was. But we, we made a good show. We loved it. It was a learning and, and curve the for talk, everybody. The talkback is you're in a position to be able to hear what's being said as the show is created. But my abiding memory, Warren, yeah. as, as we sat down to, 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 to do the first show and we went over things again, I do remember a producer coming up and saying, hey, Richard, Richard. Um, when we start, are you going to take this a whole lot more seriously? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, and it was great fun. Anyway, so nervous, bollocks. It's nice to be back in your company. How are you? How are, How is life over it there? Is. Yeah, no, life is great. Uh, I made a big call eight years ago to come out to America with my wife and three young boys at the time, and, you know, it's been great for me here. The, the media side's been good. I've been able to do some coaching i've done some uh, coaching at la galaxy i've been able to coach my kids as well through through middle school and right through high school and that was a big reason for me to come here is to to be with the family but now they're getting older uh, they don't need their dad anymore they're driving the only time they come for me is for for, for money um so other than that life is good you know it's um i do miss and i probably like you guys i do miss the the, the football uh, in the uk in england and you know, being around stadiums and obviously the pandemic that we've had has been awful for everybody. And it's still in California, um, still at a high risk. So we've got to we've got to be careful. But there is a light at the end of the tunnel. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time here. And there's certain things I miss of England, but definitely not the cold, the damp and the rain. 
but then, you know, no. my life here has been exciting. The football, as you know, when you come over in 2010, mm. is getting bigger and better. Um, took a lot more serious. The facilities, the players, the coaches, uh, and, and soccer, as they say over here, is on the rise. And it's, uh, it's like a juggernaut. And it reminds me, gentlemen, of when you was, you know, the, the uh, Premier League burst at the early mm. 90s, uh, 92, 93, a big boom, the Premier League, Sky, everything was involved in it. It's got that same feel about it now at the moment. Um, oh, and it's good. only going to go one Excellent. way uh, and it's getting bigger and bigger. Well, I, I, I follow you on Instagram, Warren, as you know, and occasionally I'm mildly envious of your lifestyle. Um, but you deserve it. <laughs> you deserve it because you took a gamble yes. and you made it work. And, and, and to that, you, you, you deserve all the success that you're currently enjoying. So good luck to you. Now, let's go back to that period you mentioned. How did a gangster become an entertainer? <laughs> uh, well, part of the crazy gang, and you know, I'm sure Andy would know at that time, it was it was a little bit different to say the least. Um, where we was together as a team, we wasn't the most technical team uh, as players individually, but as a team, we had that spirit and togetherness and that fight. Um, and coming from non-league, being told twice I was too small wasn't going to make it. So it was a little bit of a different period. As a, as a player, no. not through academy, and then you make it in the reserves and play first team. I had to drop down into lower league, had then the chance to go to the crazy gang, and it was wonderful because I bought into what they was doing, um, although I didn't mm. sometimes agree with it, but if you disagree with it, they would just burn your clothes and slash your tyres on your car <laughs> and, and, lock you, and, and lock you in the boot for about two or three hours. So you sort of take, take that on board. Hold on, why is it, and, hold, and on just, hold on, hold on, hold on. you serious, they would lock you in a boot? Yeah, we did it to Andy Clark. We did it to a couple of people actually. That we, Brilliant. you would obviously there Brilliant. were different tests that you was done, and we would cut the clothes up. And if you was a bit annoyed with that, we would then strip you in a puddle, uh, and that would be another thing when the media day was there. <laughs> and then the, the last but not least, if you really didn't like it, we would all pick you up and throw you in the someone's boot, maybe John Fashionu or Vinnie Jones, and lock you in there for two hours while we was training to make you understand what it was all about. And uh, quickly, quickly, people found out, I don't want to be locked in a boot for two hours. We did it to Andy Clark. No. We didn't realise he was claust he was claustrophobic. He was a, oh, no. a young player that had come from Barnet and he's actually, he hurt his wrist. He nearly broke his wrist trying to get out of the car because obviously he was claustrophobic in there. And we didn't realise a lot of this, gentlemen, as well, is it was initiated by the owner, which is Sam Aman. You think maybe Vinnie Jones yeah, or Fash. Yeah. It was the owner that would say, you know, I was selected with England when I was there, which was quite unusual. Terry Phelan was in the Irish squad or Keith Kell got into the England squad. He was the one that slashed your tyres on your car. So I would, I had a Saab <laughs> at the time and I, I was living, living week by week with my money and enjoying it. And I come into the car park and my tyres are all, uh, all slashed. So I went to Vinny and said, look, you're out of order. I haven't got the money to pay for it. You're wrong. To he went, I, I didn't do it. And then you see the owner in the corner chuckling and laughing. And, and it was him. It was him that had slashed your tyres. And he, he was supposed to be the sensible one of the group. Um, and he's the My one that goodness. would have that. And you remember, guys, you know, in the tunnel when Sky first having us in the tunnel and the players all together where before in the Football League that wasn't really. We would have win a lot of our games against Coventry, Southampton. Get off. You know, these type of teams. Yeah, we would Coventry, win get off. You mentioned Coventry Warren. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. When they was in the Premier League, we would, we would actually beat them. And, um, you know, we would have that success of, of beating them in the tunnel. Um, Flash would come out, the music would be blaring, he'd have his top off. And he would then obviously come out with his top and say, well, who was it, Bubbler? Who's the one that said it? And someone would have said something in the paper. 
and then it was all off in the tunnel. You know, it was all kicking off in the tunnel, and we we, we would win a lot of the games then. So it was uh, it, it was what quite a, what amusing. Hang on, Andy. Before you, Andy, you Andy, hold on, Andy. Before you say anything else, let me just oh, do let me just do the 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 right thing and say for for those of a sensitive nature who find those stories uh, uh, unacceptable, we we do apologise and we we condemn entirely that kind of behaviour. Yes. There you go. There you go. Yes. Okay, carry on, Andy. Absolutely. There was no Absolutely. violence. No, I was going to say it was. Right. Hope, it wasn't, hope it wasn't violent. I didn't say it no, was. I you weren't violent. But somebody loves that somebody. You were just <laughs> what, what was going to say is, how many games then? Let's say 20 games. How many games would you think where you, you knew stood in the tunnel? The, this team is absolutely petrified of us. They are really scared about playing us. Not because of your football right. ability necessarily. Because of what was going to happen with Fash and Vinny and all. And all them got out there. I would say we'd looked at, as I said, the, the Southamptons, the Norwich, the Coventrys at the time that was in the tunnel. You know, we'd save a good 15 points we would pick up beforehand. And wow. that's what we knew. And then we fancy our chances against Man United and Arsenal. We respect them, but we was we was never in fear of them. Um, and so Alex Ferguson give probably us the greatest comment when um, Manchester United beat us at Selhurst Park. He put it in his book and said... Once we didn't get intimidated by Wimbledon, I knew we'd win the league. He knew they'd beat Arsenal mm. or beat Chelsea and the, the quality that they had with Cantona, yeah. Mark Hughes, Steve Bruce, all them wonderful, you know, strong Brian Robson, throw the him in there as well. They they knew they'd beat the big teams, but it was against someone like us on a Tuesday and that famous tackle, anyone wants to have a look at Cantona and Vinnie Jones on YouTube. I mean, it was in the first four minutes and he, he tackled him on his waist <laughs> and, and Cantona got up, didn't react, Points come running over Dennis Irwin, Hughes. He knew Fergie then that they would win the title. Um, which again, you know, there was a little bit more to us than that, but that was a big strong point yeah. that we we had to be physical because we didn't have the natural ability of, of of some of the great players at that time. So we knew we had to match up. But we did going back to your question, uh, Richard. You know, we did have players that could play. There and you go. Yeah, going from yeah. a crazy gang player to then an entertainer was was a mark of success. You know, John Scowles, John Scowles went to Liverpool. Uh, Keith Curl went to yeah. Man City. And then yeah. the conveyor belt go, go along. And, you know, Dennis Wise obviously went to went to Chelsea and had a great career there and won loads of trophies. Yeah, so, enough. you know, there was, a lot, there, there was a lot of players that could play, but a big part of it was like buying in to, to work with. I'll just tell you a quick story as well at Plough Lane. We was playing against Everton, your old team, Andy and... Um, unusually there was a scuffle in the middle of the pitch with Vinny and a couple of I think Kevin Ratcliffe come running over so I'm talking about you know players that wouldn't back down Kevin Ratcliffe was a player that was going to be in the middle of it so I was trying to be the middleman and break it up a little bit well John Fashion come over and nearly forearmed my my arm and nearly broke it uh, and pushed it together and there was a little <laughs> scuffle so I'm walking in in the tunnel at half time walking in Fashion has like, literally picked me up off my feet and threw me against the, the laundry door so I'm like, flash, flash, what's up, what's up? There's a few other words that I was, you know, I was petrified because I thought he's going to kill me. He went, don't ever do that again. And I went, what do you mean? He went, it's always us against them, whoever it is. And that togetherness, as well as some players that could play, um, kept us in top 10. My seasons was eighth and ninth in the league. So there was an inkling straight away after my first, third or fourth game with the crazy gang is like, it's us against them and don't ever mm. stop that because we need that. And if you remember yeah. as well, Arsenal used to do that with Bold and Adams and Keogh. Mm. Yeah. Man United yeah. did it. Man United did it with the likes of Roy Keane. It was that togetherness as well as their ability to go and win it. And 
for us, that's what we used. And, um, you know, that was a learning curve for me straight away. I was a 20-year-old boy playing in the Premier League and you got your captain nearly trying to kill you because he wants you to stick together. So that was, okay, I, I buy into that. I understand what we're doing. Just a yeah. couple of things on that, Warren. One, you you were too pretty to get involved in that kind of thing. So I'm glad you learned quickly to, to, to stay a pace Good or two point, back. Richard. Correct. Good uh, point. Secondly, I, I yeah. do take exception to the continual mention of how easy you found it to, 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 to beat Coventry. But as you speak, uh, I, I will share this story with you. It comes to mind of George Berteng making his debut for us at Arsenal. Again, in the tunnel, Richard Shaw is the man in front of him, turns to George and says, right, don't piss these off today. If we don't do that, we'll get out of here with a 3-0. Let, let's just take that. <laughs> and that was a 3-0 <laughs> defeat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so I get what you're saying about the Super Sky Blues, but um, yeah, I... I yeah, time, times times change. Richard, would you like to tell? Would you like to tell the story about the crazy game when you did a, a TV hit uh, down the tunnel, or would you like me to remind I, remind well, you of that? I, I, Andy would have Andy would have been laughing in the studio. You you can tell your side Correct. of it, but I'll give you mine. We, we we decided we were going to Selhurst Park Tunnel, and and yeah. we decided that in this era we were going to introduce the program live from various different places, centre circle. I mean, what I always wanted to do was what's ended up being the case these days, pitch side, something like that. But we're going to open this program in the tunnel at Selhurst Park. And, of course, to the left, I don't know who told you, but the, the crazy gang discovered that I was going to be there. So no sooner did the titles we roll. Was watching, we was watching it on TV. I was we just going to say, I, I, I was going to say you <laughs> must have been because the minute I said, you know, something to do with crazy gangs and sellers park. I was lifted from my feet and I was taken into the dressing room and the door was shut. And I'm thinking, shit, I mean, we are in trouble. Fortunately, I think the cameraman managed to get in there. And then of course came the liniment and the everything else that went with being kidnapped by the crazy gang. Tie was cut. And then I was, Mm-hmm. I was sent back into the tunnel. But where you see, Andy, I was too smart for them. I'd already planned for this, and I'd taken another outfit with me. <laughs> so by, the time... by the way, to be, to be fair, Keaton, the out, if I remember rightly, the outfit you wore in the first place was a shocker anyway, so it didn't really matter. <laughs> no, they were great, Warren. They were, it, was always a, it was always a warm welcome. But the, the, the question still stands. Oh, two things. One, Barnsley, before you came on, we were talking Barnsley, back to front. There's, there's yeah. two ways of playing football. I think you'd agree with us. I hope they make it, and I hope they go in and stir up the Premier League the same way as you guys did. But secondly, that spell at Newcastle, what was that like in in the – I mean, you, you, you've worked in a team that, that prided themselves on defending, and all of a sudden, um, it's the yeah. other end that mattered more. It was wonderful. You know, I think the, the area, the region, the passion that comes from – the northeast in general, I think you know, I throw Sunderland and and even Middlesbrough into that. But Newcastle is a, a unique club in the sense that um, the people work hard Monday to Friday to go to the stadium to watch the game in that region. You know, if you're born in that area, you've got no choice. You, you're going to be a Newcastle fan, uh, and it was a special yeah. time. And to have someone like Kevin Keegan with his style and you're talking about dress sense Richard I mean he had no dress sense Kevin Keegan so he was very much in, in your in your area as well so you, yeah, no he wasn't, you wasn't the, best. the best he made John Travolta look like Giorgio Armani so he was um, it, it was a special special time in the sense that 
the stadium was getting built, the area where there was new bars, restaurants, uh, apartments being built. It was a real unique time in the mid-90s. And then the style of football that Kevin Keegan had already started to play with Andy Cole yeah. and Peter Beersley and Rob Lee. Yeah. And then you throw on top of that a Les Ferdinand, uh, a David Ginola, uh, David Batty and Tino Espria into that style oh. of football, the players that you already had. And people talk about Pep Guardiola with his fullbacks, how he wanted us, how he wants them to play. Kevin wanted us to do the same thing, but wanted us to play wider to allow Ginola and Keith Gillespie to have the space in midfield uh, and for Peter Beardsley to get on the ball. But it was just a special time. I remember meeting uh, Kevin in the hotel in Kensington in London. Uh, he'd come down. It was, a, again, a bank holiday Monday. And Alan Shearer was playing for Blackburn against Newcastle and scored the goal at the far post with a header against John Berris. But it was a big, big time when Blackburn were trying to win the title. Um, and Kevin had come down to see me and he just said, come and join. It's a special club. Uh, and you're going to love it. And it was a wonderful time. You know, gentlemen, when you used to go up there oh, for any game in the brilliant. North, in the North it, East, you know, the, the people, the city, yeah, brilliant. the passion that you could feel walking to the stadium as everyone was dressed in their black and white. Um, and even coming from the South, you know, it was totally different. At Wimbledon, we against Bolton, we might have two or 3,000 people for a Premier League game. We used to have mm. 5,000 people to watch us train at Newcastle. Mm. And that's the, yeah. that, that's the passion in that area, in that region. Probably, you know, Celtic and Rangers is only the club, I think, at the moment that would compete in the fans being so passionate about their team. Yeah. I know other fans are passionate, but it's more global. This was about, you go into the train from London into into the northeast, into Newcastle, the first thing you see is the football stadium. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it has great, great, great memories. Uh, the football that we played, the thing that every day I wake up and, I, I'm, you know, every day I'm disappointed, not for me, not for, even for Kevin, really, but for the people of the North East that we never won the title because the style of football, but we just never had that winning mentality, that, that thing that could no. get us over the line. And we had the ability, we had the players. Why not? Just won? Never really... Why not? Why didn't I think I, look at the sc- I think I look at the squad, Andy, and as I said, every day I, I think about it, is that we'd only had Peter Beardsley that had won it. And Peter was a great captain, but he wasn't a leader of men. He, lead, he led by example. Right. Uh, so we yeah, never yeah. had that Brian Robson, Roy Keane, Steve Bruce to, to go forward. Kevin was never going to devi- deviate from his style of football. He was always going to try and win it as well. You remember them great games against Liverpool, 4-3. Oh, yeah. And the big game that sticks sticks in mind for me is when Cantona scored the 1-0, which was actually 25 mm. years ago, uh, a couple of weeks ago. We absolutely battered them in the first 45 minutes. Yeah, Mike would make save after save. We'd hit the crossbar. We was relentless. And instead of maybe coming in now, I know hindsight's a great thing, and sitting down as a group and Kevin Keegan to say, right, we ain't getting beat now. We, we've showed them. We, we're still 12 points clear. Do not get beat in this game. Kevin turned around and said, go and show them again. Go and show them again. And we got the sucker punch. We got done on the counter-attack, 1-0. Yeah, and just the whole belief drained out of that stadium. If anyone goes back and watches it, the silence in a stadium that was absolutely erupting of nearly 40,000 people, you could hear a pin drop uh, because it, the, the belief popped with everybody in that, that, that time. And I think they, they're the big moments, Andy, and you've done it, you've won things. Is yeah. there the, to- the turning points that we just didn't have? And the harder we tried, the worse it got. So then Kevin started playing Tino in the team, took Keith Gillespie out, changing formation, changing a little bit of the shape. And we just couldn't get our momentum back. And great credit to them. I think they went 15 games out of 17 winning. Yeah, they and did. And just, just grinded away and just kept chipping away, chipping away. And 
at the end, everybody remembers that remark with Kevin Keegan, you know, we'd love it if we beat him. But I think we knew deep down. And also, Andy, you, uh, Richard, you said it as well. Being the entertainers, we always played on a either a Sunday night or a Monday night yes. football, which is obviously a <laughs> yes. big, big deal. Man United was playing on a Saturday against Southampton, winning 1-0, playing at the weekend against, uh, you know, another team as well, winning 1-0. And we had to wait, and they was watching us. And it was like, OK. I remember yeah. sitting there with Les Ferdinand, watching game after game, thinking, here we go, we've got to churn out another result. We've got to churn out. And the, it just started to mount the pressure. <laughs> you know the reason uh, for yeah, that, Warren? You, 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 the, yeah. re- the reason for that is that in those days, we used to have to put to air three times, two home games and one on the road, every team in the Premier League. And that left us with about yeah. five or six freebies. And of course, uh, uh, the welcome we used to get from Sir John and a, a dinner at, at uh, Wynyard Hall and, and Kevin would come. And yeah. it was such an enjoyable experience to keep going back that all of those games were taken up. We said, well, let's go and watch the entertainers <laughs> again. You know, fancy a night in New York. It's your fault. It's, it's you two's fault. It's so, not our fault. It's your fault. Well, in a way, because we, we were treated so well and I loved and, – and you know what? I have the very same feelings as you. I know Kevin now. We got Andy and I got to know him really well uh, working now in this part of the world. I I I really do wish that you'd got over the line. I I, I wanted it then. Yeah, me and too. You know what? I'll, I'll look back on it and wish it even more now. And it wouldn't have adversely affected United, would it, to have missed one? Um, but it was such a fabulous period, and and what he created was well, it's something that we're still talking about now, isn't it? Obviously, um, yeah, sad, exactly. sadly, probably yeah. won't uh, be you, as good again. And you touched on it as well with Sir John Hall, the owner. You know, he was part of making. Yeah. The, if you like the brand, he wanted Newcastle to go globally as the Premier League was growing, and you know even the the uniform, the kit that we wore was a little bit different. The granddad colours, the black and white, it was all marketed in a way to try and be successful. Um, and, and you know the hospitality, I think even in it, well, I know it was in the top ten of party cities in the world, and the top ten, it was yeah. in, you know, and you got Rio and London and Glasgow and all these great party towns. Little old Newcastle was thrown in there, you know. It, it was it was yeah, well, just a, was, an enjoyable Warren, time to be around. Reason. That was the reason we couldn't show you on a Saturday because Keezy and I would never have survived Friday night in Newcastle. <laughs> that was the problem. <laughs> I have to say, I always, re- I always remember seeing you, Andy. I remember coming up to you as if it was a morning game on the Sunday, about noon game, about twelve morning, and there'd be a. A big, big cup of uh, coffee there and a big bottle of water for you as well. You could slightly dehydrated. You just give me a little gentleman's nod to say, good morning, morning. I'll be all right come match day. I'll be fine. A little bit glassy yeah. eye, but you, was, uh, you and Martin was bang on, bang on form as always. I don't think I'd get the same warm reception nowadays as I used to. That's, that's oh, no. Oh, no. You're public enemy number one. <laughs> yeah, he is. You're about as popular as Pales. <laughs> <laughs> now, and, got, and got the same feeling as well. He got the same feeling. <laughs> now, here's something else that I, I've always wanted to discuss. Amongst the many things that Arsene Wenger's recently mentioned, law changes, and David Ellery, by the way, Warren, I don't know if you know, 179 since he took over in charge of IFAB. 179 law changes. Anyway, here's one I've always thought about, and I'll tell you the incident that got me thinking this way. I'm at Coventry one night. I'll come back to that. The change is... If you're fouled in the box, you get up and take the pen. Now, nine times out of ten, you know, maybe maybe the taker is confident and will do so. But 
This particular night at Coventry, uh, the famous West End, as Coventry fans will remember, at the home of football, Highfield Road, uh, we're playing Newcastle United. And we've actually played quite well. When this prick at right back decides to Uh sally forth, as Bob Paisley would describe it, into our box, Andy, and then took off... Yes. And then took off... I I mean, honestly, I'm laughing. The extravagance with which he went over. And I remember. Are you you saying it was a dive, Richard? Are you saying it was a dive? Jeez, Andy, honestly, (laughs) this boy invented diving. Um, And I thought to myself, he would not have got up and taken that penalty. But of course, Shearer did, smashed it in, and uh, they went on to beat us. Now, if. if, Who was it, Richard? If Warren, you'd had to take that penalty, would you have been. Would you have been encouraged more to stay on your feet? <laughs> I, I can I can let you know by I've learnt my lesson. I did that against actually for Wimbledon against Newcastle. Yeah, there was a little bit of sim- simulation as I went over. I had to obviously be careful. You sound about being good looking. I didn't want to hurt my my, my legs or my face, so I've managed to get out of the way of this awful tackle that could have. <laughs> snapped me in half and being ruthless. <laughs> but I was managed to get out of the way. And I got up and I actually took the penalty for Wimbledon. And Did you? Pavel Sonacek saved it. Ah. And that was that was the reason that I would never do it again. Yeah. So, but you did do it again that go. day. My, you went over that day. It lesson. was a shocking piece of simulation. And, of course, the penalty led to Shearer getting up and smashing it in. And I've always said that I think that it would discourage people that don't take penalties. They wouldn't go over quite as easily. And, 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 and there, I think, is the evidence that you've just given me. There you are, Andy. And the next time Wenger's out, we'll mention that to him. Yeah, we will mention some scandalous. I mean, Never I think... get me diving. No, no, no. You're Can scr- I tell you a quick story about Alan Shearer taking a penalty as well? Yes. Against uh, Sheffield Wednesday. You're talking about someone that loves scoring goals and Alan and, and Andy, you're a test to this. So, Rude Hullick's got the sack. We lost against Sunderland. He's gone. He's gone back to Holland. I know he's a, a big uh, big person on your show as well with Rude. So, he's gone. Alan uh, comes... So, Bobby Robson comes in. Alan's back in the lineup. We play Sheffield Wednesday at home. Bobby's come on the... Thursday afternoon, had a little meeting. Alan, I want you to play forward. You're going to score goals, blah, 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 blah. So Paul Robinson is a young player that's just bursting into the scene. He's been given the opportunity. He played against Sunderland, got took off. Alan and uh, big Duncan Ferguson have played. So we're, we're playing Sheffield Wednesday. I don't know how it happened, but we're winning like 6-0 by the 70th minute. So Bobby's, you know, uh, again, <laughs> it, it, the magic wand has, has come into it. But we're winning 6-0. Paul Robinson gets substituted in. A couple of minutes later, he wins a penalty. Big Al has already got four goals. He's already scored, you know, got dropped the week before by Rude. Now he's gone and scored four goals. We get a penalty. Paul Robinson grabs the ball, as you just said. He's been fouled. He wants to take it. He's from Darlington. He's got 25 of his family members in the stadium (laughs) all wanting to see him score a goal. Al goes over to him and Paul says, can I take the penalty? Alan's choice words, I don't know whether I can use this Yes, you can. We're on the podcast. Fuck off. Yes, you can. <laughs> okay. Turned around and said, fuck off. <laughs> Took the ball off of him, put the ball down, smashed it, and he's got five five goals. And Alan, as Paul Robinson ran over to him, Alan went, don't ever fucking do that again. <laughs> and, ran, and ran off. So Paul, Paul was deflated. He got dropped for Alan. <laughs> He wanted to take the penalty oh, for 25 of his family members. We're winning 6-0, and Alan's already got four goals. 
tries to get the ball off him, yeah. tells him to F off, and then afterwards, even has the audacity to say, don't ever do that again. <laughs> so that was the last we see of Paul Robinson. Brilliant. Paul Robinson never played Brilliant. never played again. Alan went on to score 260 goals, and, uh, and that, that was the end of that. Were he listening, Warren, he would correct you and say 260 plus, I think 36, 37 yeah. from the old first division, and one that Andy took Correct. off him on a Monday night football. So he's he's very much aware that the 260 leaves him short when we come to talking about his career goals. But then I suppose that's what made him as good as he was, isn't it? Yeah, oh, he 100%. was he was phenomenal. I mean, I was blessed and lucky enough to have like Les Ferdinand and and them two playing together. And people ask me what was the difference. I mean, Les was quicker, better in the air, whatever. But Alan was just ruthless in front of goal. You know, he just loved scoring and. Me and Nobby and, and Gary Speed would finish training and get, Alan would say, where are you two going? Come on, I want to do some crossing and finishing. Even after he'd got 190 goals, 200 goals, he still <laughs> yeah. wanted more. Yeah. Um, and just That's self-driven. That's a measure, Warren. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is, Andy. You know, he, he was never one to, to deviate. He, I mean, Ian Rush, the great finisher he was, he said he's not the best finisher in the world, but he's the best goal scorer because he just smashes everything right. in the back of the net. He's nothing... And it's all self-driven. And uh, as I said, it's only afterwards, Richard, like you say, you think about things and we've had a year to think about the pandemic and being around players like that. And you sometimes when you're playing with them for six, seven years, you just take it for granted. Now you look back and think, that's what he was. That's what made him different to a Les Ferdinand, a Robbie Fowler, a Teddy Sheringham, was what he was like in, in the box and in training. And he, you know, anyone that knows Alan, he's just self-driven and... And loved scoring goals. He was a monster. And when you think about it, and he had the he had the handicap of dragging that six berth arse around with him. I mean, my goodness, uh, how he ever got near a hundred goals is still a surprise to me. If, if you're ever, you're talking about Instagram as well, if you ever watch him on Instagram, he rides his bike, and he's one of them that hated pre-season. So we would get out for pre-season, we'd be running. He may do like a quarter of a mile, and his head would start rolling. It would start rolling around. And so if you ever watch him when he's doing his, his bike exercise, after about a mile, his head starts rolling around, but it keeps going on the bike. And he's got that thing. He, no, why do I need to run? Why have I got to run? I just want to score goals. And, and then that's what made it uh, the striker he was. But he, he still does it now. The, yeah. high, the head keeps starting to roll after he goes about half a mile of running. <laughs> well, now we're all going to watch, aren't we? <laughs> watch it. What, what do you do? I, I was laughing the other day. I was watching him doing some advert. Uh, promoting something on his Instagram and his head starts rolling after about 30 seconds. Well, uh, listen, Wazer, it's been brilliant. Thank you for talking to us. Um, it's, uh, we Most weeks, Warren, we, we leave this saying to our guests, will you rejoin us? I mean, I'd love to revisit this. It's been absolutely brilliant and um, continued success over there. Do really wish you well. It's been, it's been like, like I said, it was yeah, a gamble, thanks, but it's worked oh, out well I'd also like to say, I'd also like to say, Keezy, thanks, Warren, for being part of the best game I ever commented on. I think you played '96, the four-three '96 game at Anfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, oh. it was a brilliant, yeah, brilliant occasion, and it's oh. one of, it goes down as oh. one of the best. Um, it had it all. It had everything, and that, the the images everything. of Kevin over the ball at the end. It was, and again, that's what makes our game so special, and you know that's why we love, you know, revisiting it, and we're passionate about it now, and we're still talking about the Premier League because. I think, you know, hopefully we was all part of that time. You know, people remember that oh, time yeah. with yeah. affection because it was it was so great. We, you know, we had fun, we played. It meant a lot to everybody. Uh, it ticks all the boxes that maybe sometimes we miss a little bit now, but it's always a pleasure, you know. I agree um, with you. 
I, yeah, I, I, I love I love listening to you know people talk about the game and yes. we all yes. want the game to get better and we, we want the best for the game and the best people in it and uh, you know as I said I was lucky enough to be in that time but also I was lucky enough to work with you and you know Andy in particular you know Richard we was always a player but Andy gave me the best advice as a as a pundit you know I remember when you said to me you know don't try and cover everything cover the things you're passionate about yeah and that's right. one thing that yeah. I've always took on to my to my broadcasting thing you know I don't just waffle about everything that's gone on something that gets me going inside is something that I go with so I want to thank you both yeah. because you made my career great uh, being involved in that sky and that time, and also afterwards the, the advice and, and everything you've done. Well, so it's a, as an absolute pleasure, gentlemen. You 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 humble us. Thank you, Warren. I, I, I think my advice probably yeah. would have been more along the lines of don't bother. But I I, I mean that was many years ago. <laughs> 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 By the way, excuse me, I'm sure that's what I meant to say. <laughs> one, one other thing. One other thing. Right, here's a little piece of trivia for you. That night after the four three, Newcastle. I think we all felt. Had blown it. That Liverpool's title bid gained momentum. Do you remember what happened to Liverpool in the very next game? Nobody will. They came up against a very good side who you have berated and belittled, Mr. Barton, so far in this program. Commentary. Uh, yes, beaten at home. Commentary. Beaten they didn't at home. win a game. Did yeah, they? We went to Anfield and beat them. Yeah, magnificent. Was yeah. it in love? Was it in love that scored? Yeah, was it in love that scored. Dion Dublin, yeah. I think, got one Anfield Road end. Oh, Dion, yeah, big Dion, yeah, oh, big, big Dion, yeah. And that 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 season, uh, Liverpool ended another title challenge. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> See, that's why you're one of the best, Richard. That's why you're the best, my friend. You remember something like that. We just remember the big games. You remember the crap games. Oh, Correct. No, that's that's that. Just yeah, makes exactly. me sad, Warren. Honestly, <laughs> well, sir, thank you again. <laughs> yeah. Look after yourself. Give our best to everybody around. that end, eh? Thank you. All the best to you. Take, Take care, care, buddy. Guys. Thank Thanks, you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. God bless. Bye-bye. Cheers, Paul. Well, well, thoroughly good guy, Andy. And if, if I, I hope the jury is <laughs> forgive him for spending time with me. I hope that doesn't uh, in any way blot his copybook. <laughs> no, I know. I, that, well, it, it might for a second, but they'll soon forget. It's good to get a lad one. Well, yeah. absolutely. And, and it was interesting, wasn't it, how he said we had players. We said that. We had players that, that perhaps the style at Wimbledon uh, didn't give them the opportunity to, to, to express themselves, but they got that chance elsewhere. And he was one of them. Really good. Yeah. And also yeah, interesting, Andy, what he said about wide fullbacks going wide and how Kevin maybe uh, was, was the forerunner in that respect, but would never get the credit for doing so. Well, of course he would. No, because Kevin's uh, British. Of course he wouldn't. Ah. Yeah, it must have right. been, it has to have been a foreign coach that brought all these <laughs> innovations to our game. Uh, anyway, absolutely. Um, follow us, please, if you've enjoyed it. Uh, there's a whole series of these available now. Um, going forward, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Keys and Grey Pod, A N D, Keys and Grey Pod. Uh, thank you for listening. Tell your mates where we are. Um, we're building and enjoying, and uh, we will be back at this same time. Available next week from wherever you get your pods. I'll uh, I'll see you soon, Andy. All right, Paul. Talk to you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 